Metacognition is a podcast which celebrates the boundless frontiers of human thought and achievement and features those who live and work on the bleeding edge of modernity. Today, our assumptions about the way the world works break down in our increasingly networked, information-driven, and often chaotic global society. The guests we will bring to you on this podcast will challenge us to plunge courageously into this unfamiliar territory with the unprecedented degree of sophisticated and critical thought this realm demands. Here, you will get an intimate window into the lives and minds of the thought leaders, the trailblazers, the visionaries, those who define our changing lives with their ingenuity, perspicacity, and grit. I'm Joseph88, and this is Metacognition. Today, it is my honor to bring to you Tobin Maguire and Jonathan Austin, two of the central figures in the vagabond insurrection of 2048, which ousted the nearly three centuries of constitutional Republican rule over the vast country formerly known as the United States of America. You will hear the two discuss, after over a decade of estrangement, their shared philosophies which catalyzed their legendary coup. You'll notice that their contrasting lifestyles reflect a major epistemological rift which undergirds the existing two-party system they helped bring about. Both homeless, Tobin is an originalist who prefers to maintain the lifestyle that defined the streets of early 21st century America. Jonathan, however, exists on the periphery, now residing in a posh hotel bearing the gnarled and rusted namesake of the lame duck empire they helped usurp, Trump. Despite their differing ways of living, I think you'll find that Tobin and Jonathan, through reminiscing on their humble beginnings, the value of human relationships, convenience store nutrition, and much, much more, rediscover a mythological rapport which shaped American history forever. Please enjoy Tobin McGuire and Jonathan Austin. got to do though is you got to pay your own money to get food someone's got to make you food you know i just i'm hungry i go to the dumpster behind Publix. there's a ton of great food waiting for me right there you know I, i've got a community here i don't have a roof over my head i've gotten fresh air the air quality inside is freaking awful by the way tobin i just don't get how after accruing as much power as we have accrued together, you still run a racket on Third Street. You know, there's there's stuff you do for money and then there's your just passion projects. And bullying people for money has always been a passion. And it's not about making money or, you know, per hour or anything. It's more just like the joy of intimidation, different strategies, the idea that it depersonalizes all the people you see, I kind of enjoy. Um, you know, you think to yourself, okay, for these 10 people, I'm gonna tell them I'm a veteran. 
and see how that works. And then the next 10 people, you say, like, it's my birthday and I got kicked out of my house. And then the next 10 people, you say, I'm a hopeless heroin addict just trying to get some food, you know? And you try different strategies, and comparing them is just endlessly fascinating to me. So it's, it's just a passion. Project. So in a way, you're an amateur sociologist. Yes, I've been called sociologist, sociopath, psychopath, and, you know, you call it whatever you want, but that's, that's, that's where I, my happy place, you know. Yeah, and the key thing is, with, with homelessness, it's about sociality. It's about finding yourself in a community. This is the thing. Most people, they build a house to keep the other people out. Everybody's walking around in my house. They're guests in my house. And they got to pay rent sometimes, so that's why I stick out my hand and jiggle my bucket and, you know people throw their money in they get it yeah one of the things that i got into and i think this might reflect a difference in our philosophies i got into busking for a while okay. i started to acquire small skills for instance i was able to make pretty much any craft or any bead bracelet so i'm curious about the busking thing like were you playing cover songs or your own songs and uh, how many strings did your instrument have Oh, I actually didn't have an instrument. I just used different timbres of my own voice. Oh, okay. So, so I would sing. just go into the subway and I would sing. I didn't really call it singing at the time because I think that's kind of reductive. Okay. But yeah, I, I had a number of songs. What does reductive mean? Reductive means when you take an idea and you make it different. Okay. <laughs> so what you're doing is you're, mis you're, you're, you're misreducting my idea. I reduce you. You reduce me. Okay. So when I would busk, one of the things I realized, it, I can bring labor into this. Just because there is, all work is noble, there is a certain empowerment in working. Yep. And one of my problems was I was just taking money from the man. And when I got a little taste of working for the man, it was empowering. I was somehow, I was somehow keeping a secret I was somehow a collaborator in this I wasn't just getting fucked over no more so one thing is you know a lot of you capitalist types or you know you want to work for the man take money from the man blah 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 this and that the man I'm talking men women and children we have a much bigger market out here on the street and the other thing is when we work together it's more creative it's like it's improvisation you know I got a friend she's a crack whore in a wheelchair and, you know, we just kind of come up with different strategies every day. Every day it's a new game. Like, okay, how about you go beat up the guy leaving Subway and then I'll offer to help the guy and he'll pay me money for peeling you off of him. And then, you know, sometimes we do the pity thing outside the hospital where like, oh, she's in a wheelchair because I beat her up. I'm the bad husband. You know, we let the rich kids scare me off and then she gets some money and then we all meet up and have a burger later, you know, so... That's just kind of more my approach with the whole thing. So the rich kids, are they also homeless? Hey, you got a cigarette? I got two. What are you uh, going to do for all it? All right. Hey, fuck you, man. You got to work for it. I'm a working well, man. Fuck you, dude. Where's your maid? Bring your maid in here. Have her give me a, she'll give me a cigarette. She's having a cigarette right now. Hey, come over here. Yeah, baby, give me that. All right. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. Don't give him that. Don't give him that. <laughs> 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 oh, you gave him that cigarette. Okay. 
I'd like to give a warm shout out to our sponsors over at Soylent Nutrition. Don't have time for a half hour lunch break? Check out Soylent's new line of total nutrition smoothies, which now come in three dynamic varieties, taupe, teal, and mauve. Just yesterday, I was coming up against a hard deadline and just couldn't spare 20 minutes for yet another meal. Luckily, I remembered my friends over at Soylent have my back, and I instead took a quick pit stop and reached for a Soylent Meal Buster smoothie, and my hunger was gone in mere seconds. The process couldn't be simpler. Mix the Soylent Nutrient Fortified Powder with water, let the mixture unzip overnight, run the mixture through a charcoal water filter to separate the fibers from the water, and voila, you've got the 21st century meal. Get your Soylent meal replacement smoothies at Soylent.com. That's S-O-Y-L-I-N-T dot com. Candy, you know, like, do uh, do rich homeless guys eat candy? I eat plenty of candy. <clears throat> Candy's fucking great, man. Do you ever get people that just hand you candy? Cool. You know what I wish people would give me? That, you know, okay, everyone thinks they know what a homeless guy needs. Well, okay, fuck y'all. The nicotine gum. Because I like to chew gum. And I like... Cigarettes are good, but I really like the nicotine. It's not smoking so much per se. You know, I'm the sort of guy who, like, if I own shit, I might get a vape. But I don't own shit, so I'm kind of looking for the gum. Yeah, so... I'm glad that we got together and did this because it's been about 20 years since we last spoke and you look like you're in good health. You gained about 25 pounds. Yeah, man. You know, basically, this is the thing. is uh... Okay, last time we met each other, I thought I knew everything about being homeless. You know, I started out doing what you did. I did the couch surfing thing. I'd give people this story. I'd tell them, you know, I'm going to join a gym and I'm trying to get a job and blah, blah, blah. Turns out I need some fresh air, man. And I wasn't made to work for money. That's that's just not the type of guy I am, you know? I'm the sort of guy who just people just give me stuff. So so I figured that out and then it's like, okay, once I figured out if the streets is where it's at, it's like, okay, well well what does that mean? There's there's a way to live in the street, you know. And it took me a while to figure that out. So like pretty much I'm just eating gas station food. Is what I figured out. You know, I started out, I was like, oh, you know, I eat at McDonald's and stuff. And, you know, people who aren't homeless, they might not have figured this out. But uh, you've been in the street a few years. It's like, McDonald's? That's the sort of place the police get called on, on your ass, man. You know, because you smell like piss and shit. So, you know, they, you're trying to just get a Big Mac. And, and they might call the cops on you. You know, little kids point at you and stuff. And. You tried to tell their parent, tell them, you know, like, oh, you, you see all this, you see the play place, this is all bullshit. And then their parents said, you just say bullshit in front of my kid, you know. Anyway, gas station is where it's at because there's always one close by. And they got those little, like, beef jerky things, but it's, it's like it's venison jerky. And this is the thing. You know, you th- a lot of people think homeless people are dumb. Well, those people can fuck off. I'm into superfoods. So there's a venison superfood jerky at the Texaco down the street from the, my corner. And, like, it's right in my territory. It like, pretty much I ate three or four of those things a day. Three so, or four of these superfoods. Yeah, dude. So that's, pre- that's pretty much my life hack right now is, uh, you know, because basically it's, like, it's venison and, uh, like, a cyberry berry powder and... Uh, 
formaldehyde. So pretty much you need all those things. Um, and it's just like packaged up together in a little snack. Well, one of the things that I feel very passionately about is that organic foods really bring us back to where we come from in our mission statement. We have for so long thought the only food that we're entitled to or that we deserve or that we could possibly earn is standard gas station food, is fast food, is dumpster food. What's, you know what's what? wrong with all this stuff? Where, where are you going with this? What's wrong with... There's nothing food? wrong with all that stuff. But what that means, what, that, what the meaning of that food is, I always say, and this was our rallying cry last time. You remember where we were 20 years ago last time when we met? Yeah. We were at the Toys for Tots rally, stealing canned goods. Yes, sir. Because, you know, what, what, what was the thing? One, can, two, three. Canned can goods are, are the man's goods. goods. Yep. Yep. You're Man. damn right. I beat a couple of heads in that day. They... Yeah beat into our skull, literally and figuratively, the idea that we are only in deserving, we are only deserving canned goods. We are only deserving beef jerky. We are only deserving fast food. That's not true. It's total bullshit, man. That's not they, true. They expect a homeless guy to have a fucking stove. It's ridiculous. You're right. You're right. And so, What were you going to say? Well, I was going to say, you discovered your taste for organics through venison jerky is that right well yeah it's it's part of a longer story but that's where i'm at with it now yeah well for me it was through the grass superfood smoothie outside of robex i met a man do you this is while you're still on the streets you got into the smoothie for 15 years i stood out outside that robex and there was one man and he would always drink about one third of his smoothie and get tired of it because you could tell he really didn't care about the fitness properties that it had to offer. Yep. You could tell he was getting fatter and fatter. You know, you know, I'm getting fatter and fatter too, but that's because that grass beefs you up around the midsection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big belly, strong arms, nice fat butt, and lean legs. That's how everybody is supposed to look. This whole bodybuilder V-shaped thing that is Photoshop bullshit, man. If you shape yourself that way, you're going to have back problems. All this other stuff's going to pile up, man. How do you think I've been living in the streets? I've been out here 50 years now. I feel I feel better than a lot of these guys that drive by and give me five bucks here and there. They're really the ones that need help, you know? If they Think about it. They're giving me five bucks, so and that's probably the only good thing they do all day. The whole rest of the day of their life is bullshit. Well, look, I sometimes would ask some of my patrons to take me into a restaurant and get me something special. Sometimes I crave a sub submarine sandwich, for instance. College kid's great for it, yeah. Co- Excellent. Suckers. You know why? You know why? They got too much time on their hands? They got too much time on their hands, and they think that they can change the world. Look, they are not human. College kids have had so much given to them that they don't understand what it means to be human so when i look at them you ever see that movie they live no what's that i haven't seen it either but what i've heard is that there are these college kids that buy homeless people pizza in that movie all right now these college kids love to feel so good about themselves that they're constantly offering things to homeless people so one of the things that we did initially is we rejected 
all of their offerings. This is in real life, not the movie. Because you'll need that shit. Yeah, I don't I need that. any of that shit. But once Fuck you start that. to accept it, you get a taste for it. And yeah. you haven't lost any of your humanity. No way, man. If they're giving it away, it's not bad to take it. You're right. And you know what? They, they ain't the real humans. They're not real humans. Dude, are they, so you're not screwing anybody over. Yep. So take as much as you can. What we started doing, actually, and this is how our movement got together. <clears throat> Do you think they're in with the moon people? I don't give a damn about the moon people because look who's on top now. That's, amen. And we'll talk about them in all a second. Right, but look, right. when we started, when we started using two Yelp star foods. What's that mean? You remember the app Yelp? These college kids, they rate different restaurants. Okay? It's a phone thing. It's a phone thing. I didn't go to Every restaurant has that. a rating, one through five stars. Okay. Every restaurant also has a dollar sign rating, one through four dollar signs. Okay. Two dollar sign food is the bougie, rich college student food. Fifteen bucks a meal. You're talking about fifteen bucks. You're talking about noodles. Right. So we started using our two dollar sign food reserves as currency. And we were able to create a completely separate economy, which Wait. really ran the streets. You mean you got this shit to go? We got it to go. Dude, ah, oh, you cracked the code, man. My whole thing is sitting down with these kids, and this is the thing. They want to talk, you know, the girls want to talk all health, saving the world. You know, they're going to Brazil so they can teach, like, monkeys how to use condoms or something. And then, like, the boys, you know, they, they got their economic plans and stuff and all this income you know in their mind and it's like they, god bless them they think i've never heard it before man it drives me fucking crazy i've walked out man i'll tell you this i've college kids have tried to buy me pizza but i have never eaten a slice from one of those kids because i always end up walking out of the restaurant before they bring the damn pie out well no disrespect but that's why i'm here in this hotel room and you're out there on the street there ain't nothing wrong with the yeah, street. Because I don't compliment. Our code word has always been, God bless you. You know why? What's that mean? God is their God. I bless them with their God. I don't bless them with my God. Dude, yeah, keep that shit for yourself. It's not an unlimited supply. A lot of people are walking around with bent beliefs about all that stuff. Yeah, so that's what we always say because we saw Falwell. We saw the other people. We yeah. saw Osteen. We uh, saw Chris Kringle. We saw... Do you still talk to Cherry Pie? Cherry Pie? Man, oh, I remember... She, yeah, she's still... Do you, I, okay, well, I heard she's still doing good and that she's still got a direct line to the man upstairs. She does. Yeah, I, I mean, I think she's out there in uh, somewhere up the East Coast. Speaking of the man upstairs, how is Matthew doing? Uh, Matt's good, but... Uh, Hard to hear him these days. Uh, I don't have time to call, and my hearing's not what it used to be. And he, he, I guess he never did talk so loud, but I didn't think about it till recently. Still sees the world as uh, full of lawbreakers. Uh, he did what he had to do. I, if you're talking about uh, the Plato incident, the Plato incident <clears throat> was a Toys R Us. Yeah, there was a Toys R, Toys R Us engineer. Are we going to explain it? 
we're not going to explain. Basically, it right now. they choked a kid with Play-Doh. I know that's not the politically correct way to say it, but they they pretty much shoved Play-Doh down kids' throats and they choked kids with Play-Doh. Now, uh, I don't know whose idea it was to make strawberry flavored Play-Doh, but uh, yeah, strawberry flavored Play-Doh came from an idea. Do you know? You know, Charles works at the paper. You remember Charles? He worked yeah, at the yeah, paper. I he was peddling you. papers. Yeah, as a, yep. He had, he had a contract. Yeah, he, he wrote the article that came up with the idea for the flavored Play-Doh. Because one of the things um, we used to do on the street, well, you know, his Play-Doh's dad made... His da- well, here's... Play-Doh is made from water and flour. All right. When the going gets tough, what do we eat? Water and flour. Summertime, we might get a little bit of leavening. Okay. We might be able to make some real bread. But when we used to eat, what we used to eat basically was just Play-Doh. All right. So we would start to flavor it with different types of gum that we get from the convenience store. So Juicy Fruit Play-Doh basically came... Wait, 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 wait. So, like, is cake technically Play-Doh? Cake is Play-Doh if, you, if it's all organic. Whoa. You don't eat cake, though, do you? No, but that's just wild. I never, th- I never thought about it like that before. It's pretty cool. Yeah, so everything that you eat is pretty much Play-Doh, okay. assuming that you only eat bread products. Right, right on, right on. Okay, which is true, aside from the venison. Aside from the venison, I'm eating some Play-Doh, yeah. Yeah, okay. It's food for thought. So the fact that the kid choked on it was actually nobody's fault, except for maybe the kids. Because it's like a food product. It's just a food product. And those kids... Huh. They had weak chins, and they were up there just gorging themselves. On the fucking Play-Doh. On the fucking Play-Doh. And I think they had it coming. Don't tell anyone I said that. I think they had it coming. Yeah, no one will hear this anyway, but... Which is why... Which is why... You know where horror films came from? No. Modern horror films? No. Well, a bunch of us used to live in the closets of... Wealthy suburbanites homes, dude. Yeah, those things just. And what we used to do is we try it, but the thing is, the adult world, the economic apparatus, as we call them, sure, sure, sure. They are out to get us from the get go. So we try to infiltrate their children. Shit, yeah. The moon shit. The moon landings fake. Kennedy shooting. It's just the people I know. They're just. They're all in with the moon people, basically. Reptiles too. Aliens used to dress up like normal people, and now they just put them on TV, and no one seems to give a shit. Get what you pay for. That's what I say. What the fuck? Get what man. you fucking pay for. Well, you know, at least if I have to watch the apocalypse, I might as well have a front row seat. That's what I'll drink to that. And say yeah, okay. Speaking of drinking, not the type of drinking that uh, you might be thinking, but like, did you ever get into energy drinks? Energy drinks. I drank more Red Bull than water. I swear to God, I almost starved to death when uh, Monster came out. How was that? That stuff, okay, pretty much is like this. Someone give me, you know, I, I get to where I had maybe 27, you know, maybe 30 bucks in my pocket. And I'm starting to think, okay, well, it's snack time. I head down over to the, this is back when I was by the Quick Trip. So I head over to the Quick Trip and, uh, you know... I got sweet tooth, so I got those Sour Patch straws. And get some Chex Mix and some real nutrition stuff, too. Maybe an Arnold Palmer for some fruit-type stuff. And uh, 
once I got into those monsters, man, I was drinking at least four or five of those guys a day, and that's like 10 bucks a day. So we're getting to cigarette level expenditures here, man. Like, I was spending more on monsters than I was spending on cigarettes. But they fill you up, though, don't they? I don't know about that, man. I, I was starving to death. Because you can't give up cigarettes. Drinking fucking five monsters a day and cigarettes. Yeah, that was all it was. It was just tarring and cigarettes. Tar and tarring. It was madness, man. I Basically, uh, it was actually Cherry Pie that saved me. I was back in 08. Um, she had a little intervention for me back when uh, we were together. Yeah, We had the box together. And uh, she pretty much just... Uh, I forget what she did, but she, she weighed me down with something. I think it was like a couple of dumpsters over my arms and legs and some sort of thing. But uh, I was shaking for two days. But she told me if I ever touch that monster stuff again, that uh, our thing was over. So uh, I realized I had a chance, you know. And I realized, hey, you know, I'm clean now. It's out of my system. I've been sick, but uh, just hadn't touched it since then. But I was wondering because I found out, you know, I'm not the only homeless guy to... Uh, get in trouble with those energy drinks well most big corporations that produce food actually are out to get the homeless population dude it's fucking bullshit man yeah sure there did you ever have <coughs> skittles skittles dude just mind control bullshit masquerading as candy man i can't believe they even get that shit on the shelf and all the kids eat it and then they act like well kids can't eat it because they're immune they can c-a-n eat it why do you think these kids like their teachers this generation of kids is because of the fucking bullshit they put in skittles well the thing is the teachers teach them that by the age of 12 you lose your immunity to skittles i don't know i've been homeless since i was 12 okay yeah that's when i started eating skittles because my my family well we don't talk about what, sure, where sure, we were sure, before sure, sure. i i, I yeah, yeah. Don't, you don't have to bring it up thank you so i've been eating skittles for a long long time you know what? I'm diabetic. You got a sweet tooth. I got heart problems. And not just the romantic gun. <laughs> well, that's all I'm trying to say. That I think that the big corporations, before we infiltrated them... You got this maid here, though. Does she take your, she take your blood sugar? She does not. She's not qualified. Damn. Because we, let once we dispensed... Me. she stuck. I don't know what she stuck you with, but once we dispensed with uh, the existing bureaucracy... There were no... Who's qualified to tell me whether I'm healthy or not? Skittles? That's my lifestyle. That's my choice, okay? So once we got rid of the bureaucracy that was telling everybody what they needed to eat, what they needed to drink, how they needed to dress, we realized that we are all just free agents. We can just do whatever the hell we want. And that's what it's the way... It's what is. you feel. It's how you feel, right? You feel good? I feel good, and that's the reason... Good? I feel good. Okay, good. You feel good? That's good. Yeah, I feel good. I feel good. I always feel good. It's all about feeling good. Yeah, it feels good. You feel good? Yeah, man. I feel pretty good. You want to try one of these venison things? I got a couple of them here. Sure, I'll take one. Okay. Check this out. Oh, that's right. So pretty much what I do is uh, just open it up here. I like to kind of just shotgun it, like swallow it whole, because if you chew on it, like my teeth, you know, 
they're not what they used to be. So pretty much I, I shotgun it. I just let it slide down. It helps if you got a dry throat, you might want some water before because this stuff is, you know, they dry it out. I got my Mountain Dew. Okay, so I'm gonna take I'm gonna take a little sip here and then just, just my... drink it down, Toby. Mm. <sighs> okay, you ready to shotgun this thing? I'm ready. All right. It's not easy the first time, is it? It's fucking awesome, man. I love this this stuff. Pretty much, you know, you give it a few minutes, it'll it'll settle down, and you know, you start to feel great once it gets to your tummy. Oh man, man, that one really really got you there. Please pardon this brief interruption. I want to explain why we refuse to run advertisements to fund this podcast. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, there are agents working behind the scenes to mine our behavioral data, service ads accordingly, and analyze our responses to those ads, creating a manipulative feedback loop which leaves us inadvertently at the will of a class of corporations whose business model is mind control. We want listeners like you to come to this podcast of your own volition, not because this dark economy has parsed your consumer profile and sent you targeted ads in your daily life. Nor do we want our podcast to find its home in one of the many echo chambers created by recommender systems, which serve to fragment our society into boring, fortified segments which don't communicate with one another. The interviews and conversations we bring to you here are for everyone who can see the value in what we do, not just for the network cluster the advertising matrix has deemed suitable for our work. Thank you for listening to this brief announcement, and please enjoy the rest of the program. Okay, okay, that was one of the most delicious things. Got a little taste to it. Yeah, I like it. It's I a like zing. food that gives you a little, a little something. Yeah. That food gave me a little something. It's not just one taste, too. There's, you know... How many? How many tastes are there? Well, I don't want to sound like a food nut, but... I, I'm getting three stages. You know, kind of initially, there's that sweet from the acai powder. And then as it kind of gets stuck in my throat and hangs out, you know, in the esophagus before it gets to the stomach, there's like the, the savory kind of fatty meat venison stuff is working. And um, mm-hmm. then when it just kind of is like an ache in my gut... I get like the formaldehyde kind of qualities from it. And uh, I feel like it's just, you know, it's a preservative. So it just kind of keeps my body young. It mm-hmm. stops it from aging. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I kind of get it in stages. Did you ever beg in Philly? Did, did you ever? Uh, I've done it once or twice, I think. I, I was taking a, gray down, a greyhound down to Jacksonville. Okay, so that was never really stomping ground for you, though. No. Well, oh, well, anyways, any city with the mints probably got this same thing, but uh, they got one in Philly, so I like the shiny coins. But, you know, winter came along, and it uh, just came time to, to migrate, you know, so I, I started moving south, and I, I took a train. The train system, 
end up in DC, Richmond, uh, ended up ended up you know moving out west eventually, and uh, I, I lived. Uh, Do you ever stop off at that naked colony in Nevada? Did not. Really? Did not. Never heard of it. Missing some highlights, man. Well, there there's this coffee shop out there uh, in Nevada, and it, it's on the the bus line. But uh, I don't I don't remember the name of the city, but uh, it's basically this is the only thing there is this coffee shop and uh, naked homeless guys are like the baristas. Wow. Well, they they make you wear a loincloth. Wow. Who who is they? Well, there's this old hippie dude. Well, he he's probably passed on now, but there's an old hippie dude there at the time, and it was kind of his idea. And from what I understood is he took uh, pretty much did at least three or four different thumbprints of acid in the space of a couple days and uh when he emerged from that experience he kind of figured clothing was bullshit um so he moved out into the desert and got a little piece of land where he could afford to buy it and just started building up this shack on the bus line and because it was on the bus line and you know people we talked about this but deep down they know it's bullshit they do even though they're in it they know it's bullshit somewhere so they People love to see him naked, and you know they daydream about being naked and stuff. And you know you could choose to be naked, but pretty much nobody else was naked. But hanging out there in the desert was fucking awesome, man. Got to hang out with my thoughts, and that's when I really came into like thinking about what it was to be homeless. And after that is, I had my couch surfing phase, which is when we met mm-hmm. when I was trying to mm-hmm. do your thing. <clears throat> yeah, you know it's a it's a harrowing story. I'm I, I'm glad that you shared it, and I think it's a positive influence on all of us. And I think that we all because you know, not everybody makes, you know, pretty much. I just got the personality type to do it, you know. But but I was always going to be out on my own and and uh, figure out the bullshit, you know. I just had the personality type for that. And if you got the personality type for that, don't worry about it happening overnight, you know. Tonight you run away from home, and you know you're in the streets doing punk shit. And then eventually you kind of figure out what to say to different people that pass by. You learn the ropes and, you know, you know, you just fit, you find your way into the community. It's not for everybody. It's rough living, but it's real living. And that, I think, drove me from a very different place into homelessness. I think my head was screwed on straight from the beginning. And I think it was clear and I think that's why they kept trying to give me all of the spoils of society so that I wouldn't leave. But what they really did was they just put me on the fast track to self-realization. metacognitionpodcast.com Thank you, and we hope you'll join us next time. This has been Metacognition. Metacognition.